Welcome to episode 231 of The Art of Living Proactively. My guest today, Amy Steen, and she talks about using the power of belief for healing. And she shares her personal journey of overcoming chronic illness by unlearning harmful conditioning and beliefs and tuning into her intuition and making radical lifestyle changes. She also emphasizes about taking responsibility for your own health, trusting your inner wisdom, questioning what you've been told is normal and finding out what works best for you. And she explains how integrating mind, body, spirit and breath can transform well-being. So that's all coming up in this episode with Amy Steen. We had a bit of a technical problem in this episode. So for those of you watching on video, those of you on YouTube, you'll notice that there's no video of Amy. The sound came through fine, but for some reason, the video didn't come through. So that's why it may look a bit strange. You can see me, but you can't see Amy. But yeah, we all have these technical problems sometimes, but I didn't want to just sort of not use it because there was some some great, great content from Amy. So we decided to go ahead even without the video from, from Amy. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Art of Living Proactively. My guest today, Amy Stein. How are you, Amy? Good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing Well, and we're in we're in the Big Apple today. Yes, we're in New York. Cool. And are you a native New Yorker? I am born and raised. I live in the suburbs. I don't really like the city too much. I'm I'm more of a quiet person, so I don't like a lot of noise. So and a lot of people. <laughs> like I like to be a little bit uh, more in the country. So where we are, it's pretty wooded. We have a lot of parks. We live five minutes from the beach. So that's my ideal setting. I am not a city girl by any means, but I like what the city has to offer. But we prefer living out in the country. So if I asked you the question, who is Amy? How would you reply to that? I'm a rebel. I'm a change maker. I'm a person I like a lot better now than I used to be in my earlier life. I'm a person who speaks their truth and helps other people to be able to speak their truth and live their best life. And so how did that come about? So you talked about and you help people speak their truth. Where, what's the origins of that? So it's, it speaks from basically childhood for me in that growing up as a kid, like I could see things and hear things and feel things that were not real, right? So we're taught in our society that if you can't see it, it's not, it doesn't exist. It's not real. And so when I would to speak to my parents and teachers you know, about what I was feeling, about how I didn't want to eat a certain food, or I didn't want to you know, go a certain place or be around a certain person. I was labeled as too sensitive. I was difficult. You know, I was a kid that made, you know, was constantly complaining, made a lot of excuses. And so 
I learned from a very early age that I was different from everybody else. And it didn't feel good because in our society, we're taught that you need to fit in and you need to be like everybody else. And if you're different, that's bad. And so I conformed myself and I ignored that part of myself, my intuition that had been speaking to me. And I kind of ignored it for about 20 years. And then I was working with chronic pain patients at a big university here. And they were geriatrics, but I was in my you know mid to late 20s and I was resembling them. And I thought there's something going on here. And I had struggled with health symptoms my whole life. I always had migraines and stomach aches and joint pain. And anytime my parents took me to the doctor, it was kind of dismissed that there was nothing wrong. My labs were quote unquote normal. You know, I was just a sensitive child. I needed a thicker skin. I, I complained too much. I, I needed something to keep my attention. And so it was a very hard way to grow up and that I felt like I was never seen or heard. And I certainly wasn't believed by the doctors and my parents. And so when I got to this point working with these chronic pain patients, and it was kind of like smacking me in the face that there was something going on that I had been denying for a long time, and my body was no longer going to let me deny it anymore. And so it was kind of like that dark night of the soul, right? Like you reach rock bottom. And I thought I had reached rock bottom, but rock bottom actually was going through the medical maze of all of the different doctors. And again, not being seen, heard, or believed, being on this merry ground of doing all the things and getting sicker and not, not being seen. The root cause was not being addressed. I wasn't being believed. I wasn't being listened to. And it was really frustrating and it was demoralizing. And it was, I was at the point where I was kind of just disgusted with the whole thing. And so I began to listen to that inner voice that I had squashed, you know, since age five or sooner. And it, it kept telling me, like, this is not the way. There's, there's something else. There's something that's being missed. There's, you know, this is not the way to do it. And it was scary because we're taught not to trust that voice, right? Because it's not real. You can't see it. It doesn't exist. And we're taught to trust outside of us. These are authority figures that we have not put into place that have been put into place by our societies, our cultures. And we're taught that they know better than us, like that what our body is telling us is wrong, that we're broken. And so it was this whole, I say it's this whole process of unlearning, like healing is a process of unlearning in that you have to unlearn all of the beliefs you've been told, all of the cultural mindset, all of the way of doing things, right? The quote unquote normal way, the duality of good or bad. You have to unlearn all of that because for healing, you really have to start all over again. And it can be like a minefield. It can be really messy and you don't know where to turn. You don't know where to go. And so for me, when I turned into that inner voice, that inner knowing, my direction became a little bit clearer. And then I was able to make a little bit better of progress than if I had gone the traditional route of Western medicine healing. I know that for a fact because you know, I wasn't getting better. I was, they were killing me. So how were you aware of, or so you talk about Western medicine. So mm-hmm. how did you learn about other alternatives? So at first when it was introduced to me, someone gave me Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life, I don't know, like 15 years ago. And I thought, this is complete garbage. Like, this doesn't make any sense because I was, I was raised in science and I was working in science. And I thought, 
this isn't real. Like, I can't see any of these things she's talking about. You know, how could emotions affect my body? Right. Because in our society, we're taught not to feel our feelings, not to feel our sensations or emotions because they're not real. Right. They're not valid. They're not logical. And so we push everything down, not realizing that it creates this imbalance. It creates more of this dis-ease that she speaks of in her book in that we have these maybe small instances of these emotions coming up with this small experience in life. And it becomes this huge blown up experience that keeps playing out over and over in our life. And we don't understand and it creates disease and illness and pain. And so reading this book as a person in science. And again, at this point, Western science had not caught up to ancient healing practices from 5,000 years ago. So for me to wrap my brain around something that was stated 5,000 years ago before modern day science, how could that be real, right? Like traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, how could that be real as 5,000 years ago? They didn't have microscopes. They didn't have all, you know, all of the data. And so I kind of didn't believe it. And I thought it was kind of crap. And I just left it in the back of my mind. And my, you know, I would get like little hints from the universe, like, hey, maybe you want to pick up that book again when something would come up or... My gram had passed away and we used to speak about a lot of different things. And she had these plant medicine books. And so my dad had said, hey, we have some of your gram's books. Do you want them? And I thought, yeah, I do want them. And then the universe, you know, sent me another sign. Like, here's this herbalism training. Here's this plant medicine summit. Here's this Ayurveda book. Here's this book about Chinese medicine. And so I begin like down this rabbit hole. I say, I, you know, I, I did not stay on the yellow brick road. I took a different path completely. And my family was thought I was crazy. They're like, this is not going to work. You're going to get sicker. And it was a point that I was really frustrated with being a guinea pig for somebody who wasn't listening to me, for somebody who wasn't believing me. And I thought, I'm going to do it my own way. And if, and if I die, I'm okay with that. Like, I've made my peace with that, right? I wasn't scared of dying. And I think in our society, that's a problem. It's like, we're scared of dying, right? We, we keep people alive much longer than they intend to be alive. And I don't mean to sound harsh when I say that, but when you, when people say, well, we live a lot longer now, but are we healthy? Right? So yeah, you might live a lot longer now, but are you actually healthy? No. The majority of people mm -hmm. are on multiple medications. They're miserable. They're in lots of pain. They have lots of conditions and diseases and they're just numb from the neck down. Just, you know, it's like Groundhog's Day doing the right. same thing over and over again. So to me, that's not wellness. That's not mm -hmm. happiness. That's not health. And so I was okay with like not, not completing the rat race. Like I was like, Hey, if I don't, if I don't complete it, I'm okay with this. And I think that was really hard for people around me to accept. And it was something that like kind of just, I was okay with it because I was so miserable. I was so sick. I couldn't, I had no quality of life. I had lost like pretty much all of my friends. You know, I was spending incredible amounts of time either in bed or in the bathroom. And I was sick of going to all the doctors. It was exhausting and it was, it was demoralizing and I didn't want to do it anymore. So if I thought, if there's another way, I'm willing to try it. Right. And I think that that's the lesson in that is that it doesn't have to look one way for everybody. Like you get to choose what's best for you. You're the person that's living inside this body, right? Not the doctor, not your parents, not your mate not your friends, not the person who's trying to help you. Like you are that person. So if something doesn't feel right to you, trust that. And we've gotten away from that. But that's how we humans have lived for thousands of years. Humans have lived for thousands of years using plants for medicine, 
for food, for intelligence, respecting Mother Earth. And we've gotten away from that in that we just respect mm-hmm. her. We abuse her. We don't revere her. We don't have ritual. Yeah. We don't have that same appreciation for the intelligence that exists within her also exists within us. And so because we've gotten so disconnected from that, we're disconnected from ourselves. Mm-hmm. So once you had that realization that you um, it sounds like you went back to the book and then you're starting to think very differently. And now you're realizing, hmm, maybe this book's not wrong. So your your whole kind of thought process is a change. So what happened next? I'm guessing you read the book again, but then did you deliberately go out to China, India, or wherever? Or what happened next? No, I was not well enough to even. So a lot of my doctors were in Manhattan. And at that point, I couldn't even make the trip, you know, the three-hour round trip to Manhattan. Um, I wasn't even able to drive myself locally to doctors. My mom was taking me to all of my appointments. So basically what it was, was it was a very radical shift in that I basically threw everything out in my house, uh, any personal care products that had chemicals in them, any cleaning products that had chemicals in them. You know, we started filtering our water. We started filtering the inside air. We cleaned up all the electromagnetic frequencies that, you know, we, it was like a whole learning process that my husband and I had to learn on our own because there was no one there to help us. And there was no one there saying, do it this way. So that's the thing is like a lot of times with healing, someone will say to do a certain way. Like I had a lot of, I still have a lot of issues with mold. I live on an island. Like I'm not getting away from mold. And, you know, majority of buildings are sick buildings. They have mold. And so I was constantly getting re-triggered. So when you say there that you and your husband, so had your husband completely brought into this or was yeah. he a little bit unsure or was he 100% Oh, he was you totally, he, he even to this day, so we're like 15 years in and my husband to this day still thinks some of the things I do are a little wacky. Like he's like, oh, you're you're gonna do this thing around the property and cleanse your plants. I'm like, yeah, because I use these plants to make herbal products, and I'm gonna cleanse them with the smudge sticks I've made from the mugwort that grows on our property because it's protective and all this. And he's like, uh huh. And then I'll say like, you know, leave the dandelions; they're great. They fertilized, you know, and they're good for the bees. And he's like, they're a weed. So you know, again, he's come a long way. I want to give him props, and that he has come a long way. But in the beginning, he. He was miserable just as much as I was because literally we got married and I just became disabled and I couldn't do anything. We had no quality of life and he couldn't take me to the doctors. He didn't want to take me to the doctors because he was so angry. And so it was very disjointed in that I did not think we were going to stay married, to be perfectly honest, because it's extremely hard on a marriage. If you've been married 10 years, we literally had just gotten married. And I had had issues before we got married, but they were not to the point that they were after we got married. And the thing is that I moved into the house we bought, which was a sick house. It was filled with mold. And I knew that when we looked at it. And because my, I'm not 20% of the population highly sensitive that my senses are, you know, heightened, which again, in the back in the day was revered because I kept us safe. I was the medicine woman. I was the one that knew weather was moving in. But in modern day society, you know, people don't believe you. Like, you're crazy. You know when the rain's coming? Yeah, I know when the rain is coming. I know if there's mold in this building. I know that there's electromagnetic frequencies that are bad, right? So he was like, this is insane. How do you know all these things? But with living with me, when I could predict something and then he's an engineer and he could figure it out logically and know that I was right, 
he, I started to gain his respect and he was like, oh, my wife's not crazy. Like she actually does know what she's talking about. I don't understand how she feels it. But he then became sick with tick disease. And so now he kind of understands what I've been living with for 15 years in that it's his is much less than mine. But you never understand what someone's going through, even if you live with them. And I think it's important to know that for people who are in this situation and they're, they're married or living with somebody who is not sick, it's very hard to explain to somebody what it feels like because, I mean, every day still is different for me. Like, I still contend with a lot of different things. Am I as sick as I was before? No, but that's because I made so many radical changes. That's because I did a complete 180 and I'm extremely rigid in how I live my life. You know, people think it's rigid. To me, it's normal. And even to my husband, he's like, thinks it's rigid. And that's fine. You don't live in my body, right? So I think it's it's having that courage, you know, as a past people pleaser, codependent personality, it was having the courage to say, me first. I'm going to choose to live and I'm going to put myself first. And I'm sorry if you don't like that, right? So are you still in that same house? Unfortunately, yes, I'm still in the same house because, again, I live on an island. And so regardless of where I go, there is mold. And so we have remediated this house. We are still dealing with mold after doing many remediations, rebuilding 60% of the house completely over. Other than the foundation, we completely rebuilt the whole house. But I live on an island. So for me, I would love to get off of Long Island. I would love to move west. There's, there's probably many people listening who certainly won't be as knowledgeable on some of the areas you're talking about as you are. Right. And they may not know so much about mold, for example. So can you explain what you mean when you say, well, I live on an island? Mm-hmm. That's obvious to you, but it may not be right. obvious to some of the listeners. So could you explain a bit more? Yeah, so... A lot of a lot of buildings in the state, I can only speak of the state, but I'm sure it's pervasive across, you know, the construction is not great in that they build all year round, right? So I live in a damp climate, so I'm five minutes from the water. So there is humidity every single day. And if you're building in that, there mold is attracted to humidity. And the issue is that you can't always see it, right? It's an invisible toxin, just like electromagnetic frequencies, just like 5G. So I can feel it and it causes symptoms in my body, but it's not always seen. So for us, I smelled it, but my husband as an engineer with walking around the building inspector, they did not see it because it was in the walls. It was in the walls, you know? And so, and there was a, there's a continual issue with, even though we've regraded the property, we had very heavy rains on Saturday. We had water in the basement. And so, and where I live, people remodel their basements and live in their basements and they're sick. And I'm like, you're not supposed to live in a basement. A basement is for storage. A basement is not to be lived in because it holds dampness. And the, the correlation that I've learned, so Richie Shoemaker did a lot of mold research and it's also called mast cell activation syndrome if, if people want to look it up. And so basically it's like a histamine issue, but it's also something in that when you have an imbalance in the body with disease, bacteria, viral load, parasites. Again, even if you don't live in a third world country, you have parasites as part of being a human, right? But when you have a high imbalance, 
and then you throw in mold and electromagnetic frequencies, it gets worse because the molds and electromagnetic frequencies and the parasites, they all build off each other and they become like superpowers in your body. So that's why the 5G and the Wi-Fi all affects me. So everything in our house is direct wired because I'm like an antenna. And then you throw heavy metals in. Like we live in an extremely toxic world where you're being polluted constantly. Outside, there's chemtrails, your water. I don't care what you think. If you live in the United States, you don't have clean water. Like even if you don't live in a third world country, your water is still polluted. And so you know, people eat out of plastic. They eat artificial food. They go to a drive-through. Like they don't eat real food, right? So there's no electric. There's no energetic frequency to that. Our body is electric. Our body is water. So if you're not feeding it good energy, your body's not going to function. So Eileen McCusick speaks about this. You know, with biofield tuning, with the tuning forks and electric healing. So all of these things are all ancient healing ideas that go back five thousand years. Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine breath where all of this is indigenous medicine, I Ching is all part of this ancient healing practices that we think are woo-woo in Western society, right? In modern day society, we think that's weird. We think it's strange. No, you get sick, you go to the doctor. No, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like there's a time and place for emergency medicine. But if you have, you know, a virus or a cold, you don't need to go to the doctor. You have an immune system. You're just not taking care of your body. So your body is stressed out and it can't handle everything you're exposed to. But so for me, like I work on my immune system every single day, right? I work on my immunity and I had to learn to do that. It wasn't something I was raised with. It wasn't something I was taught. And that's the problem. The things that we're taught are not the things that are important to know because we're not taught that the body's designed to heal. We're not taught that the body tries to bring us back into balance every single day. We're not taught that all these things we put in and on our body are toxic. So it, it sets us up for this really sick, to be a sick system, right? To be in this sick, broken system yeah. where we give our power away. We don't trust our inner knowing. We don't trust that intuition. We don't trust the messages from our body because the body is broken. That's what we're told. And it sets us up to be older humans who are on 10 medications, who get out of chairs, who don't exercise, they can't move their body, they have no quality of life, and we think that's normal, right? So like, I'm going to be 41. Yeah, I'm healthier now at 41 than I was at 25, at 22, at, like my whole childhood, right? But that's that's crazy. Like people are like, oh, you should be having issues now. No, I have all my issues from age birth until now, and I've been working through them for 15 years. So... It's just, it's a, it's a very complex idea, but it can be made simple, right? It's just that we make things really much harder than they need to be. And this podcast is, the podcast used to be called Habits and Health, and I, and I changed mm -hmm. the name. We're now in series four, and it's now called The Art of Living Proactively. And the reason I changed the name is much of what you just said is that people, the majority of people... They'll, they'll only think about doing something to improve their health once something has gone wrong. They wait for something to go wrong before they even think about their health. And it's just, I don't know, to me, it seems like a very strange way of going about things. But that is the norm, and that's what we've been conditioned to to think, it seems like. But what are your thoughts on, on living proactively in regards to health? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100% because, you know, we've all been there and done that. And unfortunately, you don't learn better until you experience, right, the, the adverse effects of not paying attention to your body. 
the body's always giving us messages. It's just that we don't listen to them. And so then the body has to get louder with his messages. So by the time I was listening to my body, you know, I was like 27. My body was screaming. It shut me down. It was like, you are not going to leave your bed, your house, your whatever, right? And so I thought, what happened? Like, to me, it happened overnight. What happened? I don't understand. I was, I got married. I moved into this house and now I'm dying. And that's not what happened. My body had been giving messages all along. Right? And that's the thing. I think people don't realize when they get pain, that's a sign. That's your, your body giving you a message. It's giving you pain to tell you something. But most people just simply take a painkiller and that's the end of it. Right. That's what we're taught. We're taught to numb out, right? To dissociate, to, to be disconnected from the neck down, right? Like I say this all the time to people and they resonate with that. They're like, yeah, I'm numb from the neck down. Yeah, because you're taught to just live in your mind. But the reminder, the mind is part of the body. And the body is really the one calling the shots, not the mind, right? So we don't, we're taught again, when things come up that again, we're labeled as bad or good. There is, there is only black or white in our society. There is no gray. And so when something comes up, we automatically label it as bad. We don't want to feel it. So we hold our breath or we push it down or we shove something in our mouth or we scroll on social media or we binge on Netflix, right? We dissociate. And we've, we have all these parts of ourselves that form in childhood that, again, the body is designed to heal, but it's also designed to keep us safe. So when these parts were formed in childhood, it was in reaction to an experience that was deemed unsafe by the body. So then this protector forms so that when this experience happens again, that the body thinks it's going to happen the exact same way, the protector comes out and it's like, a, it's just a reaction, right? So when somebody triggers you, you have an automatic reaction. That's a childhood programming and it might not even be yours it's something you inherited from watching somebody else or from your culture or whatnot you know bruce lipton speaks about this in biology belief all before age seven like it is not a conscious hey i'm gonna choose to be a codependent like that does not happen it's something that all babies are codependent it's you become out you're codependent you cannot feed yourself you cannot change yourself you cannot provide safety and you know shelter for yourself so you have to be codependent and then you learn that some people break out of that some people don't. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. You're not broken. When you say some people break out of that, mm-hmm. it's how, for many people, they're, they're just not aware of right. that conditioning. And so it will take something momentous, as in a very bad episode with health, maybe, or some other some major change to their life for them to to have that realization about the condition because many people i think aren't even aware of that condition they're not you're 100 percent right and the thing is is we all come here signed up to experience what happens to us in this life right so like we all agree as souls before we enter this body which again was like something i thought 15 years ago this is ridiculous that you're talking about this right but that's what happens is like this human body, it's going to decompose, it's going to break down. But the soul, you chose to have these life lessons when you came here. So I chose to have this happen to me. That's a hard pill to swallow, right? Like that's, oh, I chose this. I'm choosing this, right? But again, when we when we have this idea of these beliefs and these stories that we've been told, when we can sit here and question, is this really working for me? Like, this, this thing that keeps happening, get curious. Why is it happening? Like, is there, there's a message behind this that I'm supposed to get, right? Like, there isn't always a message, but for the most part, there is. 
And so it's a question of without judgment or, or expectation or shaming or blaming, it's curiosity. And Dr. Kim Duramo, who's a big energy medicine practitioner that I've studied with a long time, she always says like when pain comes up or sensation comes up in the body, what is right about this that I'm not getting, right? So to reframe it, to change your perspective. So if something isn't working in your life and you're really frustrated and you feel numb from the neck down and you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, take some power back, take some responsibility. You get to choose. No one is telling you you can't. That's just what you believe. But that doesn't mean that that's real. So we're taught that our thoughts and beliefs are real. That's not necessarily true. It's just a It's like a record that just keeps playing over and over again. It's something that is just automatic. It's something that it's always been there. And so you think it's true, right? So when someone says something to you that challenges that, you get really angry because it goes against what you think is true. And I'm not trying to make people angry, but I'm trying to open people up to exploring what could be different. How can I make a change? I think that sometimes can be sticking point because as you say you're not trying to challenge people but people have to be ready to hear that and, exactly and i think this is the really difficult part i'm it's funny i was just having this conversation earlier today with someone there's there's an organization in the uk called um i always get the name wrong i think it's extinction rebellion or something like that i forget the exact name and they've been doing a lot of protests in the uk about climate change, about many sort of environmental situations, which, you know, all the sort of horrendous stuff that's going on. And I, I agree with what they're talking about. I don't agree with the way they're going about it because they're just annoying people and they're getting people opposing. There's a lot of people who do agree with what they're Mm -hmm. talking about, but they're just alienating people by the way they're going about it. Mm -hmm. And so they're not really helping the situation or their own cause at all. Right. So, and I think this is the big problem we have is that I think there's more people would be willing to, to listen and try to understand these things that they're not aware of, that they don't really have a knowledge about. That's the, the really tricky part is try how, what is the best way to reach those people? I mean, I talk about this in the free gift that I've included for the listeners. I think it's a great point. And one of the points I make is quiet the noise, right? So I don't know everything. I'm not telling you what to do. I never would, I would never stand here and say, these are the thousand things I did. You need to do these thousand things and then you'll look exactly like I did. No, because what is right for me is not necessarily right for you. It's not going to be right for Tony. You get to choose what's best for you. So quiet the noise of what everyone else is telling you to do. Get quiet. And remember that we all have that inner knowing. We all have that intuition. We all have the ability to connect to it. It's just a practice, right? And so for a lot of people, like meditation is really hard for them. Meditation was really hard for me. And I thought this is a thing that touted that it's supposed to be so great. And I'm, so I couldn't do it. And the thing is, again, it goes speaks to that the body's designed to keep you safe. So if you've had a lot of childhood trauma and you haven't dealt with it, the body doesn't want you to go into this state where you might remember that if you don't have the skill set to deal with it. And so my body never let me meditate. And I was really frustrated. But I can sit and I can take five deep breaths outside. And I can remember that there's something bigger than me and be reminded of that. And I can find reverence 
you know, when I go into the woods with the dog, I don't take my phone. And when I go to the beach with the dog, I don't take my phone and I can just use my senses. And then, you know, I'll get like an intuitive hit, like, oh, go write a post about this. Or when you get home, you need to eat this. Or, you know, that thing you were checking out. Yeah, that's a good thing. You should do that. Right. Or that person that was, you know, whatever. So that's the thing. It's like we all have the ability to do that, but we're not taught how to do it. And so then you have like all yeah. these people on soapboxes telling you what to do. And that's exactly what I don't want to do is I'm always for like you get to choose yeah. what's best for you. You have a choice. I'm not the person I can support you on the healing journey, but I can't do it for you. And I can't tell you exactly what's going to yeah. work. I can make suggestions that I found have been really helpful for a lot of people. Right. But it's on you to take that responsibility. Yeah. And that's part of being a grown up. Right. So like rather than us walking around with all these childhood wounds and all these childhood belief systems, it's taking the responsibility and say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it like this anymore. And be rebel like me and be courageous about it. Right. Like this doesn't happen overnight. Right. I mean, I'm still a t I'm not as concerned with what people think anymore. Again, because I go up all these podcasts and I say what I say. Right. And I couldn't do that if I was concerned with what people thought, because I'd go into a little ball at the end of each one. But it's it's having that inner integrity and authenticity of like, nope, this is what I believe in and this is what works for me. I'm not telling everybody to do that, right? Like it's what works for me. It's finding what works for you, whatever that looks like. See, there's a few things you mentioned in there. And from what I was, you know, I mentioned I, I looked around your, your website earlier and it seems to me your your approach to well-being involves sort of four main key components. There's the mind, the body, the spirit, and the breath. So can you explain how the integration of these components transforms people's lives? Yeah, of course. So as we've been taught, you know, in our society and as we all believe, like we just think there's the mind, right? The body, oh, the body's there, just does what it does, and that's that. But the body, as I said, is designed to heal. It's designed just to keep us in balance. And when we're when we are disconnected and we're just trying to heal with the mind. Like I, I talk about doing this in my, you know, in things I've written is that manic healing of like, oh, I'll do this and then I'll do more of this because it works. So I'll do more of this again. And it doesn't work like that because when you're disconnected from the body, healing can't happen. You can't just heal in the mind. It doesn't work like, like neuroplasticity is great. Rewire your brain, all those things. I did all that, right? But I never got fully better because I still wasn't living in my physical body. And so if you're not living in the physical body, the body can't perform the processes it needs to perform to heal and transmute and release what is holding you back. So we all walk around feeling really overwhelmed, really heavy, really stuck in life because we're carrying around these backpacks of burdens and half of it isn't even ours. Maybe we inherited it. Maybe it's stuff from like childhood, whatever, right? Maybe it's from a past life, whatever you believe. But we all do it and we all don't feel our feelings. We all don't feel our sensations. So I always incorporate breath into each session because what I have found with myself, and with other people, it allows you to feel what it feels like to be in your body without, without doing a new skill. Like you've been breathing since birth, right? Like it's nothing. I'm not doing William Hoff breath with people. Like I'm just doing simple inhale and exhale through the mouth. Like there is nothing crazy about it because I'm not trying to cause an activation. So everything I do is from a trauma-informed lens. My, your safety is paramount to me. That's the most important. 
but it's also connection to something that's bigger than us, right? And, and asking for help. Like I say, surrender is not a dirty word. So when I remember that there was something that was bigger than me, so for me, that's mother nature, right? So that's, that's my affinity. And I ask her, like, what do I need to do? And she'll be like, go, go commune with this plant or go take this tincture. Or, you know, like I trust that because I've learned to trust it, not because it was something automatic, not because it was something that someone told me to do. It was just something that worked for me. But when you combine all four of those aspects, you get whole body healing on all levels, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical, energetic. And that is when you will see something work. That's when the shift happens or the magic happens, I like to say. So how do people, so is, are, you, are you coaching people? How is it you're working with people now? Yeah, so I do coaching in group containers and in one-on-one containers. So I just did a workshop beginning of May, and then I'll be doing another workshop in the fall, be three different classes. Again, it will have a component of breath. It will have a component of the reverence and respect of Mother Earth and how to connect to that, right? And that can look so many different ways. So that can be, again, getting outside, just listening to the birds. It can be taking a tincture. It can be using an herbal balm. It can be working with the moon. It can be watching the sunrise and the sunset. It can be walking barefoot. It, like, it can look like so many different things, but it's, it's getting away from the screen and tuning back into something that is actually bigger than you and is real and has a positive frequency. So the screens do not have a positive frequency. They cause more imbalance. So when you can check away from the screen and you can get outside, you'll feel better, right? So if you go on vacation, you feel better because you're mostly outside right? You're at the beach, you're in the woods, you're hiking, you're swimming, you're doing outside activity so that the frequency is higher. And it's actually something that your body recognizes. The body doesn't recognize pharmaceuticals. The body doesn't recognize all these toxins we're exposed to. It's just damage. It's toxic. It's bad, right? The body just sees it as bad. It's, it's more of an imbalance. The body recognizes plants. The body recognizes the dandelions. The body recognizes, you know, I, I tell people, learn how to forage, right? So I learned how to forage. I learned how to ferment. I learned how to make my own tinctures. Again, you don't have to do that. Find somebody you trust who's doing it right. You know, I started an Etsy shop. I had been making my bombs for 10 years and people were like, you need to sell these. I'm not ready to do that. It's for me and for the people I'm sharing it with, right? But it felt, I felt called to, okay, I'll share it now. And so it's something that's very personal to me, but it's something that, like I've said, we all have the ability to do. We're just not taught how to do it. Like you're taught how to do math and history, but you're not taught about how to forage. You're not taught how to grow your own food. You're not taught how to make medicine from the plants that grow around you. And nine times out of 10, when someone tells me they have an issue, I'll say the weed that's growing in your backyard will address that problem. Nine times out of 10, I'll put money on it because Mother Nature purposely put those plants there for a reason, but we don't respect it. We spray it with chemicals and toxins and, you know, we want to eradicate it. And we're just, what we're doing is we're creating more ill health in our own body by doing that. If, um, if people want to find out more about you, where, where are the best places to look? Well, they can grab the free gift that's included in the notes and they can also go to mindbodyspiritbreath.com. Okay. And are you active on social media at all? I have a YouTube channel. It's Amy the Amateur Herbalist, where I do foraging and cooking and gardening. And then the same name for Facebook, it's Amy the Amateur Herbalist. 
and I share, you know, recipes on there as well. I also share a lot of this information about toxins and chemicals and energy medicine and energy healing. You mentioned blog posts before, so do you have a regular blog? Yes, I do a regular blog on my website, and I also do some free writing through other affiliations. But for the best is to go to the Mind, Body, Spirit Breath. All the blog posts are there. One of the questions I, I always ask guests is about books and books that have really made you think, that have really changed your thoughts, maybe, or you, know, you really impacted you in some way. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe you've got a couple of books that have had that kind of effect on you. I've got a I've got a whole bookshelf of books, but yeah, I mean, I definitely am a person that has a lot of books that have made a difference. So yeah, the first book again that someone gave me was "You Can Heal Your Life" by Louise Hay. Um, you, you know, you can look up any symptom that you're having, and she'll tell you the affinity to the body part, the emotion that's not being expressed. Right. I've also included an an e journal as a free gift, and it has a feeling wheel in it because a lot of times we don't understand all the different emotions that we can express. And so that's a great idea to just go through it on a you know daily basis or weekly basis. Hey, what am I actually feeling? Look at the feeling wheel. Like rather than just blanket overwhelmed or anxiety, right? Like what actual emotion are you feeling? And then where does it correlate to in your body? And connect it to that correlation, right? That's not just this random thing. The other book that I found really impactful was How to Heal Yourself No One Else Can by Amy Sher. And she's written a few different books. She also includes energy medicine and tapping in her book. And so if you're new to that and don't know what that is, that's a great book that has everything in it. So that's one I recommend a lot. And finally, Amy, is there a quotation that you particularly like? There is. So from Light is a New Black by Rebecca Campbell, I read this a lot of times to people, is your soul has all the answers. The only way to hear them is to go within. Because that's what it is. Like you have it all inside of you. You just have to access it. Can you remember when you first heard that? I don't know. No, I don't, to be honest with you. Because I read like five different books at a time. And I've had this book for probably five years. So maybe five years. But it's something that I really believe and I... My intuition is only heightened the more I've done these inner practices. And at first it was really strange and I didn't know what to do with it. But now when I don't have it, I'm like, oh, I kind of missed that. So when I can feel when I'm out of alignment, when that doesn't happen. Well, Amy, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure speaking of you. And hopefully some people will maybe start to to think about some of the things you said and maybe consider are they subject to conditioning which they hadn't previously thought about who knows you never know if it's it may be the right time for a couple of people who are listening never too late so thanks Amy and I hope to speak to you again sometime thanks Tony next week is episode 232 with Dr. Michael Turner he provides personalized approaches including hormones, sleep, recovery, nutrition, supplements and exercise to help people achieve their optimal state of health, which he calls genuine caring. 
and the best doctor in the world he's often been referred to by his patients. He brings a high degree of empathy, trademark optimism and a holistic pro approach to patient care. We talk about pain avoidance cycle, you know, when something hurts and you don't feel like doing anything, which causes you to get weaker and stiffer, which results in more pain. And we go into solutions about that and all or nothing thinking and various other solutions. So that's next week's episode, Dr. Michael Turner, episode 232. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show with Amy. Do check out the show notes. There's a free gift in there from Amy and hope you have a fantastic week.